HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by TechServe. For more information, visit techserve.com. Listening to Let's Eat In on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and we're here at Roberta's as usual. However, there's a special entree being made uh, right in the studio as we speak. Um, and I'm not sure if this, the sizzling is being picked up, but it's definitely sizzling and it's smelling awesome. And it is paella. And paella is one of those wonderful dishes to make for parties uh, this summer. It's an outdoor thing. You can, you can put on uh, a grill top, just throw, throw the pan on there. Um, it's a lot of fun. And the chef who is cooking this right now um, has a company called Flavors An- Amplified. His name is Andrew Gottlieb, and he has a new tapas shack at Smorgasburg every Saturday. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Kathy. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for bringing the goods. This is pretty, uh, this, is a, this is a first. We're about breaking barriers at yeah. Flavors Amplified. So, <laughs> exactly, right? So, so why, why tapas? Why Spanish food? Why paella? Because you've done carnita shack. Um, that was one kind of iteration of Flavors Amplified at, um, I believe it was the Governor's Island Cook-Off NYC. Yep, yeah. Cook-Off NYC. And that was the longest line there. And carnitas, they were great. Um, and you, you, are, you are a true Valencian, though, right? You're a uh, Spanish... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Spanish Jewish by way of Manhattan and Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah sort okay. of something like that. <laughs> no, but it's 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 the real deal. Um, so, how did you get into Spanish food? Like, uh, why Spanish? Food? You know the the arc of my cooking is it's a long, involved story. But if you go to the website, you can read a little bit about it in the about me area. But um, it's been a series of ups and plateaus, and ups and plateaus. And one of them was this great three-week trip I took to Spain about six, six and a half years ago. And I just really, really loved the food. I was very into it before I left, and then I just sort of got kind of enamored with it, visiting mm-hmm. the different areas of the country. And they're also very different. But um, somewhere along the lines, the the tapas and and the way the the Spanish put together flavors 
or the Spaniards put together flavors really kind of stuck with me. And uh, when this opportunity to do something out at Schmorgensburg came out, I thought that tapas would be really great. People can pick them up, go on the go. They're doing a lot of walking. They don't really want big entree-ish items. Mm -hmm. And um, it sort of gelled from there, just trued up some recipes and got everything up to speed, a bunch of test rounds. And, you know, we've been doing it about three weeks now. Congrats. Thank you. That should be fun. And the croquetas are one good example of that. Um, The snack kind of like handheld finger food um it, it is a fried deep fried something and and everyone seems to think there's like cheese inside it but but it's not really it's uh it's like a creamy bechamel yeah that's right yeah with breadcrumbs deep fried and then uh you have one version with serrano ham inside um and what else can be put inside a croquetta like anything well, or you can really take the recipe any which way and paella is almost the same it's about getting the framework in place and then you can plug and play flavors that go together well and end up you know obviously try to root it in some tradition if you're gonna say you're doing spanish food but uh, you can put in a variety of different things that, that work in the framework so one thing i did last week was we did salt cod which is a dried mm-hmm. salted cod product you rehydrate it and then you mix it with a little bit of uh, in this case mashed potatoes um and you ball it up again and deep fry it you know, there's also a pretty good tradition around shredded chicken, um, mushrooms. I had an amazing clam croquetta one time that Ooh. I definitely hope to replicate down the road here. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just really, it's it's just it's a bits great and pizzas of of tasty stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, I imagine maybe way back in the day it was kind of about using up leftover product. Maybe mm-hmm. can't can't be sure, um, but but what I do know is people really like to eat them. They're little fried balls of goodness and you just uh you can pick one up yeah. eat it and move on share them with a friend they come in pairs uh and it's it's uh it's, it's kind of an ultimate tapas food yeah definitely so tell me about this paella that you're making right now so I, there's a tomatoey based uh something bubbling yeah so um you start with a bunch of olive oil in this particular case we're going to use some chorizo it's a mixed meat paella and Mm -hmm. then what you want to do is sort of release the uh fat in the chorizo blend let it sort of mingle with the olive oil then you hit it with as you said a, a sofrito which is a cooked down tomato sauce to some degree of uh, tomatoes, which you in the Spanish tradition grate on a cheese grater. You don't chop them or anything. You grate them on a cheese a grater. Fresh tomato, you grate yep, it. Yep, okay. you grate it, and what you're left with is the skin at the very end, and you've scraped off all the pulp into little tiny pieces. That's what you see sometimes in tapas bars rubbed wow. across the top of um, bread. Hmm. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, that sounds yummy. Pan tomato. Oh. Um, yeah, so we do a little bit of garlic in there. In this case, green garlic. We're doing a green garlic paella at the Schmorgensburg the last few weeks. So green garlic, red pepper the grated tomato, a little bit of onion, cook it with a lot of olive oil, some salt, pepper, some traditional seasonings. And uh, for me, I added in a few other elements, um, a little bit of Nora chili, which is a traditional dry chili in Spain. It's most akin to an ancho we see in this country. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I add a little bit of cayenne pepper, but they have another name for it out there as well. Um, I don't want to butcher it here on the radio. Um, and I mm-hmm. to add a little bit of depth in that sort of um, pepper kind of realm. I put in some Aleppo pepper, which is a Syrian uh, sun-dried chili and it's not very hot but it lends a really earthy yeah strong kind of chili note background so you reconstitute the the dried chilies first and then chop it up yes exactly exactly. okay and you seed it you get the pulp out and you just want the pulp another way to do it is just you know drop the whole thing and then then push everything through a sieve later Mm -hmm. whatever's better for you you know i've heard that you should make the sofrito like the day before so you can cook it down um and then and then add it while you're uh when you're about to cook is that 
that's one hundred percent correct. Okay. Yeah, you want to really deepen and concentrate and darken uh, the the sauce, mm-hmm. and that's kind of very key. The whole thing to develop flavors, the caramelization. Um, we've got it going up here, and uh, after you get the you know the sofrito cooking with the uh, with the chorizo, then what you want to do is in that oil you want to toast off some rice. So we're going to do that right now. We're going to oh, pour okay. in about three cups of rice into what we have going on right now. So Andrew's putting in some rice, and I know that this is a special type of a short green looking rice. Um, yeah, shake it. Uh, and there's some stock over here, some chicken stock, I believe, or maybe lobster stock. I don't know, seafood combination. Yeah, today we have a mix of chicken stock, uh, trim stock, and then the liquid strained through a filter after we cook the clams for the paella. And you are correct, the rice is a very special type um, of short grain rice. It You can get away with almost any short grain rice, but uh, best to go with a Valencian rice from from the area Valencia where paella originates or a bomba rice a bomba rice so don't do that you know basmati rice or long grain brown rice uh, I don't know that might be interesting because I do have some short grain brown rice but it's probably not the classic and I know you're all about doing the classic way so so this version has pieces of chicken from that stock it's got clams correct and shrimp and so it's a nice nice healthy mix of flavors there yeah, and as a quick evolution um, from yes, of course. Yeah. Um, as an evolution from last week to this week, uh, we actually uh, wood grilled the chicken. Um, as you mentioned earlier, paella is oftentimes cooked over a grill, a big open wood fire. Right. So to sort of impart some of that smokiness um, on Saturday. What we did was we grilled off the chicken with a little bit of wood chips to kind of just you know send some wafts of smoke chicken. into it. Oh. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be hard pressed to call it fully smoked in the, in, the, okay. in the realm of barbecue, but we just sort of kissed it with a little bit of smoke to uh, to sort of Ooh. set off that flavor. This is really fun. You can really just make it your own. And I, I've seen people put lima beans, um, fresh peas, and you put snap peas in it at the end just to just to finish. Yeah, like lately. you, I'm a big fan of, of the green market, and yeah. I want to work with what's seasonal. So we've been doing green garlic and snap peas in the paella for the last couple of weeks. And as season rolls through here over the summer, we'll, we'll, we'll swap some things out here and there. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot like uh, cassoulet from France, mm-hmm. paella has no... No one can really lay claim to this is the authentic recipe. Right, right. We had three or four people walk by over the course of last Saturday and claiming we're, we're not even making paella. Really? Because we did not do it with rabbit and land snails or mountain snails, which, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's the way some people, uh, some people claim is the original. That is, that is regarded as potentially the original, but it's been so worked over and expanded and people just do it, you know, with what's, what's, what's regional and fresh to them. So right. a lot like cassoulet and paella that's yeah. the, that's the deal it's everyone's right it's great i i think paella is one of those uh dishes i know it's very authentically spanish but um and there's not too too many spanish restaurants in new york but i just rarely see paella on the menus um in restaurants so this is like a real treat to to come across it at smorgasburg in a, in a pop-up stand um run by andrew and and you're um <laughs> It's funny because we met during uh, like food cook-offs because um, Andrew was always winning them, uh, <laughs> and and you have a full-time job. So, I, outside of this paella, outside of the pop-ups and so forth, how do you manage that? That's it's pretty crazy. 
you know, you find time for things you want to do and you find time for things you love. And I, um, I really enjoy cooking, sharing the food with friends, talking about the origin of it and just getting people excited about it. So for me, I've always found a way to plug it in somewhere. Hardcore geek. Geeked <laughs> out on food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say, though, this, uh, this Schmorgensburg effort is, uh, is uh, taking the most taking out of me out of, against <laughs> any of the regular projects. This one's intense. That's, that, that's a long haul of, of stuff every week. Um, so do you have any intentions of opening a restaurant? You know, I, I don't see that happening anytime in the nearish future. Mm-hmm. I think it would be great down the road um, okay. after, you know, the course of my mm-hmm. regular career in advertising runs to find a, a little shop somewhere where I can control the flow, manage it myself, 12, 14 seats, mm-hmm. cook on my terms. And if people want to come eat it, that, that'd be great. Yeah. 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 Something but like that would be fun. Something about smor- Smorgasburg is like half the vendors there do not have a restaurant. Um it's like it's this halfway house between having, you know, uh, uh, as a restaurant always, as we know it traditionally, and uh, I guess you know a pop up or a food business of some sort. And I don't know. I think it's a special kind of like breeding house of ideas, and you get to try new things that you wouldn't maybe have the guts to do if you're investing in a huge restaurant space. Absolutely. And, and the community out there, it's really strong. It's really tightly woven. Everyone um, is looking to help and uplift some other folks. We had a situation last week where we lost a few of our gas sources and the folk, and fine folks over at Miss Lily's Jerk Shack, uh, brick and mortar on Houston Street. Okay. Um, they, uh, they let us throw a couple of paella pans on their grill in between their rounds of chicken. So it's, it's a really, really wonderful environment to get out there and, you know, be with other people who are also trying to achieve similar things. And, and I think, you know, it's emblematic of, of, of what, if you're a food person in New York, you're fortunate. If you're, mm-hmm. um, because all these elements have popped up to allow you as a home cook to sort of, or a semi-amateur, semi-professional, something, something cook, <laughs> to really sort of test the, test the water. So right, between right. Schmorgsberg or cooking contests or classes you can take, you can take your, you know, your interest and really sort of let it blossom into something a little more serious without ditching everything else in your life and, and taking a big guess or gamble yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you can just the, the community has sprung up around new york all these people selling uh, artisanally made pickled goods and um trucks and yeah. trucks and, and homemade tofu and, and there's just all this activity going on in new york right now for people who want to do food because they love it so i'm hearing the rice starting to crackle a little bit it sounds like a Andrew's going to stir that up and add some of that chicken stock next. And then we just, we just, we don't even cover it. We just let it absorb. Right? You could just say yes or no. It's okay. Yes. Okay, cool. So we're going to do that and uh, cut to a quick uh, musical interlude that Andrew picked. And we'll be right back.
man. I need a new computer. I guess I'm going to have to go to the Apple Store. What? Don't go to the Apple Store. Go to TechServe. What's TechServe? I thought Apple Store was the only choice. No, you're crazy. TechServe is so much better than the Apple Store. They're New York's original and still the best Apple computer, iPod, and iPhone store and repair shop. Plus, the store is really cool. You gotta go check it out. They're located at 119 West 23rd Street. Well, that settles it. I'm, I'm headed to TechServe. TechServe is a proud sponsor of HeritageRadioNetwork.org. For more information, visit TechServe.com. That's T-E-K-S-E-R-V-E.com. All right, we're back on Let's Eat In. Today's guest is Andrew Gottlieb from Andrew's, I mean, sorry, from Flavors Amplified and also the Tapa Shack, which is the latest incarnation of that, of that umbrella of food goodness. <laughs> um, so we just added the stock, stirred it with the rice, and now I understand you're not supposed to stir until, I don't know, the rice is like absorbed, all the stock, right? Yeah, so when you make... You, you do a little stirring to sort of get the flavors going around. You it's just not like be, risotto. No, yeah. right. It's the opposite. It's like right. uh, you just chill out. Um, nice. You put in the flavors, the little bit of smoked paprika we put in, some salt, uh, a bunch of saffron. We don't, oh, yeah, the s- saffron threads. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're super expensive, but they really are the heart and the soul of flavor of okay. the dish. And why, uh, are they, why is saffron so expensive? I've been trying to wrap my head around this for a while. You know, I, I don't have a definitive answer, but I think when you're plucking little threads out of the pist of a flower mm. and it's it's labor intensive and time consuming and uh, i think that you're paying i think you're paying for someone's work mm. um and it's it's irreplaceable there is nothing like saffron and it's a it's yeah. a real special flavor that's true that's yeah. something to think about and i love how it stains like patches of the rice yellow where the threads were just kind of <laughs> hanging out uh, um yeah you can kind of get around that. I mean, it's lovely, um, but if you want to sort of uh, disseminate the saffron flavor or spread it around a little more, you can bloom the stock you're doing in. Um, in oh, a in bit of saffron. Heat. You can, yeah, you can bloom, bloom the saffron in the stock. So warm up the stock, get it to a boil, put the saffron in, turn it off, let it sit for 10 or 15 minutes. It'll permeate it further. So you bloom know. is infused, right? Yes, yes. yes. Okay. It's an interchange. I like that. <laughs> That's a new one for me to start using it. So, we birthed the saffron in some stock. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, that's hanging out. Um, wanted to get back into more kitchen talk with, um, and this doesn't have to be Spanish food, but um, since we have to ask everyone um, this question, what is the ultimate date meal, in your opinion? I would say something that is A, not too messy. <laughs> B. Not a big lobster, steamed. <laughs> no, no crabs either. <laughs> um, and B, I would say you want something that is, uh, that you want it to be not too strongly flavored, but you want it to be definitely gorgeous and sexy and like something someone wants to eat. And it should definitely, without question, express who you are. Mm. Because, I mean, if you're cooking for someone on a date, they're supposed to definitely understand what, what yeah. you're about through the food. So what would be your dream uh, date meal if somebody were to psychically cook for you? I would want something pretty straightforward. So Mm -hmm. I think I would want um, a little grilled steak, a petite grilled steak with, Mm -hmm. uh, with mashed potatoes and really super fresh shucked peas. Mm-hmm. Wow, that like, sounds nice. And like a rich red wine 
kind of mm-hmm. sexy sauce. It's classic, like steak and peas. Nice. Hey. No potato, no starch, no. Oh, no? mashed potato would be nice. Oh, mashed potato. Something okay. you know, cool. really rich and uh, buttery. That sounds like a good, solid meal. It's really ironic. <clears throat> Sorry, it's really ironic that you're wearing a T-shirt right now that has Wonder Bread's logo on it. <laughs> We're talking about <clears throat> all the Spanish food. All right, so so what are some other dishes that we can look forward to at the Tapa Shack? Yeah, so we're we're centered around kind of doing three things: uh, paella, croquetas. We're definitely going to rotate flavors there, and romesco sauce, which is this great sauce that is pretty unique to Spain, and it's made of ground almonds and hazelnuts. Once again, those Nora chilies reconstituted and the pulp scraped out, as well as a few other things you staples you see in Spanish food like tomatoes and onions. And it's just really beautiful sauce. And I want to find different ways to serve that sauce. Mm -hmm. So one thing I'm really hoping to be able to do a little later in the summer is some grilled baby lamb, just like a full-on little guy, cook it up, and then just serve it with this romesco sauce. Because that's all you need. The the flavors of those two go really, really well together. Can you you grill a baby lamb at Smorgasburg, like all day, like on a spit? Yeah, so, you know, the charcoaling... At mm-hmm. uh, Schmorgesberg or the folks who do the barbecue, they are definitely offset into another area. Uh, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be a problem if I could motivate myself out at mm-hmm. 7 in the morning to start cooking it in huh. a remote area of the property. And then, then bring it over to our little interior booth where we have the Tapa Shack uh, to serve it up to folks and sort of rewarm the portions, keep them uh, keep them up, and, uh, up to temperature on our small little propane grill we have at nice. the shack. So a yeah. whole roast uh, uh, sheet. What, what did you say again? Baby lamb. Baby lamb. And romesco sauce. And that's a tapa. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll put it on a little bit of grilled uh, bread and you will be on your way to you know, culinary food heaven. And this is really like smorgasburg eating or like a, in Chinese it would be called xiaochi, like small, small eats, literally. Tapas is just that. It's like a small thing. It's a small eat. Yeah, it's, it's built around the, the bar and wine bar exactly. culture in Spain. Yeah. And it's it's a, funny we're talking about sheep. It's it's kind of like grazing. You just have a couple little <laughs> yeah, bites yeah. here, a couple little bites there, and, and that's... Grab a drink and so forth. Exactly. And that's what I kind of think The if you're playing the Smorgasburg game right as an attendee, and you all mm-hmm. should come out, it's a pretty wonderful afternoon. You know, you're with a couple friends. You're either sharing stuff or getting... Um, just a couple bites of this and a couple bites of that, and by the end of the day, you've you visited six or seven or eight, depending on your appetite, mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. stands, and, and really had a little tour around America and the world um, food-wise. I mean, there's people deep-frying anchovies. That's their whole booth. There's other folks that's doing grilled tapa. cheese sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I I didn't uh, didn't mean to compete with them, but uh, they're very siloed off, which is which is great. That's mm-hmm. all they do. So there's so and, many different foods. And now, last week, what was it like with the? Because I know um, Smorgasburg recently got a, a license to have a little beer garden, so they sang local beers. Um, uh, Brooklyn Brewery, Kelso, and Six Point is now being poured on tap, and you can hang out in in tables. And I imagine that would change the atmosphere a bit. People are hanging out. There's somewhere to sit. Um, yeah, you, you there's no rush to leave. I guess. So, did that happen last Saturday? You know, it didn't happen last Saturday. Oh. I don't, um, I don't... I think it's next Saturday. I think it's, it was supposed to be last Saturday. Really? You, you weren't wrong with that. Oh. I think the original day was to be the 9th, and now it is looking like the 16th, but I don't think there's an official announcement just yet. Oh, okay. Huh. 
I ran into the person who's doing the bar there, and he said it was going to be last week. I, yeah, they had all intents of it, and okay. I, unless unless I've really got to hit the well, eye doc- this, the eye doctor. This is happen. this is I think going to be a game changer at the Smorgasburg, but we'll see. Yeah, I think, I think it's real potential is to sort of extend the day. A lot of people come through now for uh, a lunchtime nosh, and they just sort of move in and move out by 3 o'clock. I think this is going to have people lingering around. I think it's going to change what folks want to eat. Our intent is actually at the top of Shack to do bigger plates of paella and bring mm-hmm. them to the folks that are having uh, beverages in the uh, beer garden. I right. think that'll be something people want to do. I think there'll be an opportunity for these bigger plates of food and right then, you know, for lazy folks who don't want to give up their uh, their seats or send their friends out mm-hmm. so what is a what's something on, on the horizon for you and uh flavors amplified do you have any other projects working on i know you do a wine club or a dinner uh, sorry what is it yep it's a um it's a wine focused supper club we do mm-hmm. uh six seven eight courses at a time match it up with paired wines it's a private um not-for-profit uh, initiative uh, cool moment. and uh, it's, a, it's on a little bit of hiatus due to the smorgas uh, the smorgasburg tapa shack project but uh, right. that'll be starting up again in a few um, weeks and then the next thing on the horizon actually is you know last year we did the uh, carnita shack as you mentioned out at cookout nyc and the plan is to be there Those again some good carnitas <laughs> carnitas is a type of taco or like a taco filling of pork chopped up and what does it mean actually carnitas it means oh. carne i mean dead thing but what is it <laughs> i mean it's carnitas mean a little thing like a little dead thing i think and it means fried really appetizing i think it I'm means sure. fried pork okay I mean, <laughs> it, that may not be the actual uh <clears throat> you know translation but that's mm-hmm. what it means it means pork that's been fried a couple times you know wants to cook through wants to crisp up um served traditionally in you know fresh tortillas with a mm-hmm. little bit of onion a little bit of lime and a li- for me a little bit of salsa verde that's kind of my angle on it yeah um, i think we did pickled onions last year too which uh, lent a really nice bite and a yeah. beautiful beautiful purple color and thank you by the way for chipping in and when our yeah, line got really I, long coming behind the scene behind the scene <clears> and, and making I some have, tacos with us i have a photo of their chopping boards because they were taking cleavers and chopping up cubes of these <laughs> carnitas and they had these like thin you know like the plastic kind of like colored um t- <laughs> cutting boards and like layered like three at a time and that thing looked like Edward Scissorhands like just took a hack at it because it was just like totally it, it was like a snowflake. We massacred a couple of them. Um, when we realized that was happening, we <laughs> threw away the pork that was being chopped on those boards. And you mm. were kind enough to help us source another cutting board from a different vendor <laughs> that right, was better suited for the task <laughs> of double cleaver action by my friend Chi Dixon, who you can now see actually on the little <laughs> little chopped commercial for uh, uh, the pork board is sponsoring a little one-off oh, really? chopped cook-off. Yeah, she was she was the one on the cleavers that day uh, <laughs> versus the one on the keys, and uh, she did a great job. She uh, she she really rocked it out. But, um, we'll it's be back. one of those unexpected things. You know, you never know what's going to happen at <laughs> one of these like one-off events. It's like my cutting boards are chopped up. Yeah, anyway, slightly we'll, unexpected. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we'll be back this year. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to take flavors amplified back to Jimmy um, Jimmy Carboni's uh, Food Karma Cookout NYC. Full plug cool. there for you, Jamie. Full plug if you're listening. That'll be July something. I forget seventh and eighth. I think. And oh, I th- that's really soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're not going to do the Carnita Shack again. I'm I'm almost certain we're either going to do the Tapa Shack and bring it out there for yeah, Paya. Sure. Or there is a small chance we might do the Jerk Shack. Um, it's uh, it was the first food competition I did many years ago. It was mm-hmm. a, a, a jerk off, and uh, it was great. <laughs> we definitely loved doing it. Loved exploring the flavors. So you know, either a Jerk Shack or a Tapa Shack to come to Governor's Island uh, 
June, July 7th and 8th. So can't wait for that. Definitely. That's going to be a fun one. All right. So I guess that's about all the time we got. But how is our paella doing here? Is it time to add the seafood or like, I know that I know that you already shelled the clams and you were just going to kind of plop them on top instead of I've seen people plunk the whole clam thing on top, but then you reserve the juice anyway, so it's just kind of like, why have shells on your plate when you're serving somebody? I see. Okay, so, and no mussels, right? No mussels in this version. Uh, not in this version. I, I tend to cook things I like, and I don't love mussels. Um, okay. I made a sacrifice in the sofrito with the red pepper, because normally I cannot stand it, but uh, it must be in there, so okay. it's there. All right. uh, but we sidestepped the mussels. But uh, we're about um, three or four minutes away from the rice being... Uh, fully absorbed um, or the liquid being fully absorbed into okay. the rice then what we're going to do is yeah, it's not bad it's, it's usually like 10-15 minutes then and this is a small little propane thing so that's yeah, good yeah. It's, it's a portable rig um, but then we're going to put on the raw shrimp that we marinated in garlic we're oh. going to chop up the uh, chicken that was smoked the other day or mm-hmm. treated with some smoke uh, the clams you mentioned and scatter the sugar snap peas to capture some of that steam to cook them through a few piquillo peppers sliced up really thin uh, quick taste for salt and uh, salting content, and and then we're we're good to go. It's best actually to let a pie rest for a few minutes. Um, we don't really so it's get not it. that soupy, and you get the crispy. Right? Yes, yeah, the okay. sucarat at the bottom is what you're is what you're feeling for there. You really really want to let that caramelize in that in that in the in the olive oil that you cooked in the beginning and all the stock that cook has cooked down. That's why you don't stir. Mm-hmm. In the end, you want the bottom to be nice and crispy and browned. Um, it's definitely the opposite of risotto. <laughs> definitely the opposite of risotto. It's pretty funny for a, a couple of European countries quite close yeah. to each other. They take a very different approach on how to well, treat short grain rice. The Spaniards were having a siesta while they were trying to cook risotto and left it alone for too long. Well played, Missouri. Thanks. Well played. <laughs> All right. So everyone should make a paella at home really soon and put whatever you want in it because this smells awesome and I can't wait to eat it. Thank you so much, Andrew. And definitely check out flavorsamplified.com. Check them out every Saturday at Smorgasburg, the Brooklyn Flea uh, Smorgasburg at uh, Williamsburg, Kent Street in North 7th. Thanks, so, Kathy. Thanks, everyone at Heritage. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.